Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? I'm very pleased because we have a lovely animal story from Iceland this week about a boy's encounter with a bear. It's told by Shane Ibs, the nature-loving storyteller who told you the story about the scarecrow and the hare. Before we hear Shane's tale, can you have a little think about how many stories you know with animals in them? while we have a quick chat with the grown-ups. I'll give you a couple of ideas to get you started. There's how the elephant got its trunk. Oh, and there's Ted the Tiger Tamer too. So now it's your turn to list some animal stories. Ready? Off you go. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. How many animal stories did you think of? It's hard, isn't it? I mean, you know you've heard lots of stories, but it's hard when you're put on the spot. Did you remember Tiddalink the Thirsty Frog? And remember Baboon and Tortoise? And how about the Master Cat? Give yourself a pat on the back for all the stories you remembered. Are you ready for this story? Let's give a warm welcome to Shane Ibs. Hello everyone. I have a story for you today which comes from a small country called Iceland. And there's a small island off the island of Iceland. It's called Grimsey. It has sheer cliffs all the way around and there's only one small little shoreline where you can get off on a boat. Now these people, they lived long ago. They lived in little stone huts with turf roofs. And in the middle of these little huts, they had a central fire. And the fire was everything. It was where you kept warm. It was where you cooked your food. And it was where you told each other stories. The winters were long here, with much darkness. And the islanders thought, there must be something we can do to break up the long months. I wonder if where you live, you have long winters with snow and ice... And I wonder what you do to break up all those months. Do you play in the snow? Do you have feasts? What do you do? Well, they thought, well, let, let's celebrate the winter. Let's, let's have a gathering. Let's have a feast. Let's have a mid-winter feast. And that's what they did. They made food. They took drinks. They took musical instruments. And they went to the longer hut with a longer fire. And the music began to play, the food was put on the tables, they ate, they chatted, they told some stories to each other, and then the singing began, and the music began, and they had a wonderful evening. And eventually, well, they all fell asleep in this long hut, with this cosy little fire. As they slept, unbeknown to them, 
back in their little stone huts, all their fires went out one after the other. They woke in the morning, absolutely freezing cold. They were shivering and they looked at each other and they thought, oh, we have to get back to our huts, to the warm. And they went back to their huts to find they were freezing cold. Oh, how are we going to make fire? They'd never let their fires go out ever before. Everyone knew that you never let your fire go out. You always kept it burning. Does anyone know how to make fire? No one could remember how to make fire. They looked at each other. What are we going to do? One of the young men said, I'll go on the journey. I'll walk across the frozen sea to the island of Iceland and I'll bring back fire. But that will take days and days. That's a treacherous journey. I know, but I'm prepared to go. And then the second brother stepped up and said, well, I'll come with you, brother. And then the younger brother, he said, I want to come too. And they looked at their mother and father. And mother and father nodded yes. For these young men had been brought up with the ways of the land, of nature, of weather, of the sea. They understood all of these things well, but you must be prepared for the journey. So they got their extra, extra warm clothing. They put on their fur-lined salopettes, a bit like extra warm dungarees. They put on their fur-lined boots and then their fur-lined parkas, large parkas, warm. And the cuffs and the collars were beautiful for they were embroidered with red and gold and green. They packed some dried fish. They packed some water. They hugged and kissed their mother and father and grandmother. They went down to that little shoreline and they stepped out onto the frozen sea. And they began their walk, a treacherous journey. In this part of the world, the weather can change as quick as a click of your fingers. And this is what happened. The bad weather came in and it began to rain. Not the warm rain that we often feel. This rain was so cold, so frozen, it would sting your face like wasps were stinging your face. They pulled up the hoods of their parkas, bent their heads a little bit and marched across the sea. The oldest brother, he looked ahead and with a deep sigh, ah, oh, no, for he could see a snaking black line across the white ice where the sea hadn't frozen over. He got to where it was and sure enough, there was a wide jump to make and there was this sea deep and dark. He took a step back and he leapt across with no thought at all really. The second brother stepped up. He was a little bit more thoughtful. He could see the distance. He thought about his body and what it could do. He measured the distance. He stepped three, four, five paces back. He took a long run and a jump and he got across. Then the youngest brother, he stepped forward. He was at the edge. He was scared. He looked at his two brothers. I can't do this. This is too much of a leap for me. I, 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 I can't do it. Don't worry, brother. Go back home to mother and father, they said. And the two brothers carried on with their journey. And the younger brother, well, he turned to walk away and he stopped. And he looked 
at the back of his two brothers as they walked away, and he wondered to himself, will I ever see them again? And then he turned, but he didn't want to go back home. He was determined. He thought, maybe there's a place I can jump across that will be easier to do. So he walked along the ice with the sea running fast past him. As he walked along, suddenly there was a crack and he was on a small piece of ice that just took him. The sea took it along and along and along and he was just on all fours, powerless. Eventually that piece of ice was pushed up onto the main ice mass of the sea and he leapt off. And on his hands and knees, he looked up and he froze solid. He stood completely still. He stood up as slow as he possibly could, barely breathing, and he just looked. For there, in front of him, was a mother polar bear with two cubs. And he knew if he came between the mother and the cubs, the mother would kill him. The mother bear, she sniffed the air. She smelt human. She saw the boy. She stood up on her hind legs and she walked across to the boy. And the boy stood completely still. And the bear, she sniffed at the boy. And then she, and the boy knew the bear was communicating to him. And he knew to follow her. And he followed her. And she gathered her two cubs and the boy. And she took them into a snow cave for night was coming when the temperatures plummet and it becomes bitterly cold with howling winds and they snuggled up in the cave and the mother bear she fed her two cubs the milk and then she fed the boy her milk and they snuggled up more for the night the next morning mother bear got up she looked at the boy and the boy knew to follow her outside and the bear dropped a shoulder and the boy climbed on her back and she wriggled and wriggled and, and he fell off. Back into the snow cave they went. All day they stayed there, howling bitter cold winds. She snuggled up to the cubs and the boy. She fed her milk to the cubs and to the boy until the next morning. The boy knew to follow her. She went outside, dropped a shoulder, he climbed on. She wriggled and wriggled and wriggled and he fell off once again. He wasn't strong enough yet. Another evening, another morning, he followed her outside. She dropped her shoulder. He climbed on. She wriggled and wriggled and wriggled and wriggled and wriggled. He held on. He was ready. She went across to the edge of the ice and dropped herself into the sea. Now, with all the rain that had been happening, the ice had started to melt in places. So she weaved her way through the frozen mass of ice where there was sea, and she carried the boy on her back, swimming. Days had passed. The villagers were wondering what had happened to them. The villagers were all standing on that shore, looking out along the horizon for any sign of anything. One of the villagers looked 
said, There's a bear coming. There's a polar bear coming to the island. And, and it's, got, it's got the little boy on its back. And they all looked. And the bear came onto the shore. And the boy jumped off. Father, father, get, get some milk. Get some milk for the bear. And father went to his little barn. And he milked two of his finest goats. And he took an oaken pail full of warm goat's milk. And the mother bear, she... Oh, she lapped all that milk up. Father, father, she needs meat for her cubs. And father went to get two of his finest cuts of meat. And he tied them with rope and put them over the mother bear's neck to take back for the cubs to eat. The mother bear, she went to the edge of the shore and she stepped out onto the ice and back into the sea. And she looked back at the humans there. And off she went. The villagers, the islanders, they were all watching as Mother Bear went off. One of them scanned along the horizon in the opposite direction. Look, there's a star. Look at that star. It's, it's glowing. Look, look, but, but it's not high in the sky. It's low. Look at that star. It's a new star. It's not a star, said one of the other islanders. It's not a star. Look at it. And it got bigger. And it began to glow yellow, orange, red. It was fire. There was a boat coming from the main island of Iceland. It was finding its way through across the sea bringing fire back to the island. The boat docked. The two older brothers stepped out. We have fire for you. Oh, there was so much jubilation. People gathered bits and pieces and they they lit their fires back in their huts. There was hugs and kisses for mother and father and grandmother and there was great celebration. And they say that after that, the islanders never, ever let their fires go out ever again. And that's the story of the islanders and the bear. Thank you very much to Shane for sharing that beautiful story. I liked the moment when the little boy was understandably afraid to jump across the crack in the sea ice so that he could join his brothers. But he ended up having an amazing adventure of his own. I'm sure you know this, super great kids, because you're all very sensible. But it's not a good idea to walk out on a frozen sea or lake or river unless you have a grown-up with you to test if the ice is thick enough. Now, here's a little question for you. Which would you rather be, a polar bear or a little brown bird? And why? Have fun discussing that one with your grown-ups. Now, it's time to dig deep into my bag of happies and say hello and thank you to some super great kids fans and to some new owlets who've subscribed to our podcast and recently flown into our nest. Hello to Apple subscribers Wesley, who is seven, and Isaac, who is five, in Torrance, California. They enjoy listening to super great stories while travelling in the car. And hello to super great fans Jackson, who is ten, and Anna, who is eight, from Dryden in New York. 
pleased to hear you're enjoying the story so much and thanks for supporting us. And hoo 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 to new owlets Archer, Wren and Bowie. Or is it Bowie? Welcome to the nest. Hope you enjoy our bonus stories. And a super hoot to new owlets Hazel who is six and Elliot, who is nine, and Maeve, who is four, from Alice Springs in Australia. They love listening to the stories on their long car drives around the bush and are happy listening again and again and again. Hurrah! And a happy hoot to new owlet, five-year-old Thomas in California. Thomas particularly enjoys Toops and Nancy stories. And a big thank you to Cecilia and Corbin for your kind donation on Kofi. And finally, thanks to Chogger Hoffer and Lee C and Unicorny Magic and Jude for your kind reviews and comments on Apple Podcasts. They put a skip in our day to read them. Now, lots of you've been sending phantasmagorical pictures inspired by our stories. We just love seeing all the different ways you imagine the characters as you listen. So here's a little thanks to some of you. Several of you this week have been having a go at drawing a story map of the old woman and the pig. Thank you to eight-year-old Phoebe from South Pasadena in California. I love the way you've drawn your map so clearly with little dots joining up the animals and all the items that the old woman finds as she goes along the way. And I love the fact that you wrote the end at the end of all your drawings. And five-year-old Finn from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the UK has also been having fun drawing a story map of the old woman and her pig. You've included all the animals in the story and the lake and the whip and the fire. I wonder if you've tried telling it to anyone yet, Finn. And... Eight-year-old Naya, who lives in a village in northeast Thailand, says she listens to our stories every day and has drawn us a picture of her favourite character, Baba Yaga the Witch, along with her hut on huge chicken legs surrounded by a fence of skulls with bones through them. Eek! Thank you, Naya, for sharing that. And hello to seven-year-old Lake from Ohio, who's drawn a super great picture of her favourite story, The Blue Lizard Girl, with a smiling blue lizard girl and a very realistic-looking lizard. Lake has spent a whole year travelling around the US in a camper van, exploring all of the national parks. Lucky you, Lake! And Juliet, who is six from Preston in the UK, has sent us a beautifully coloured picture of Baby Crocodile's birthday from our Super Great Kids colouring book. Thank you, Juliet. I can see you've taken great care colouring that. And thanks to Sage from Vancouver in Canada, who sent us a very detailed drawing inspired by the story How the Snakes Got Their Poison. I love your picture with all the little notes that you've included. And finally, a big hello to super great fans Lily and Ruby, who've been listening to all of our podcasts since the very beginning. Hurrah! Lily, who is five, has sent us a wonderful picture of Kia and the Purple Fish, which is a Cinderella story from Botswana in Africa. Thank you, Lily. And thank you all. 
If you'd like to see those pictures, go to facebook.com forward slash super great kids stories. That's all for now. Keep on telling your stories and singing your songs. See you soon. This story was recorded at Wardour Studios in London. London.